is the TMI Project Podcast. Tragedy plus time equals comedy. I'm your host, Micah. Erin Barreto didn't believe she was beautiful or that romantic love was in the cards. She had resigned herself to life as the tall, shy sidekick to her shorter, thinner girlfriends at the nightclub when a mysterious Tom Selleck lookalike came along and helped her see things in a different way. When Erin signed up for our 10-week storytelling workshop at the Mental Health Association in Ulster County, she was so quiet it was hard to get a read on her at first. But then she read her writing out loud to the group and revealed her special brand of wry humor and a talent for whistling in the dark. My name is Erin. I am a standard of beauty that isn't accepted by a majority of this world. I am black, tall, and fat. It's been this way for a majority of my life. At five years, I get home from school, see my mom, and immediately notice two bunches of the freshest yellow daffodils I've ever seen, more yellow than the sun. My face must have said, what are those? Because my mom exclaims, those are daffodils. Aren't they beautiful? One's for you and one's for me. Daddy brought them from work for us. Mom bends down and plops her nose into one saying, mmm. I copy her, mmm. <laughs> Dad works up the hill at the correctional facility. He's a sergeant. I always imagine him sitting at his desk, just staring at the wall, bored as shit. <laughs> but on this day, I imagine a coworker passing by with a bouquet of daffodils asking, you want some? In my imagination, my dad perks up, throws money in the air and says, yes, my daughter would love this. <laughs> of course, at five years old, I have no idea how jobs actually work. <laughs> Daddy is the first man who loves me and gives, and gives me flowers. My end goal in life is to be loved. As I grow up and the world gets more complicated, those flowers will remain my measure of what love really is. Mm. An unconditional yellow nose full of mmm. <laughs> At 20, I'm given the nickname Jolly Black Giant by people who claim to be friends. This name helps remind me, in case I slip up and forget, that no one will ever think romantically about me. One night, I get a text message from my best friend Kaylee. You want to go to the bar? Fuck. No! I whine at my phone. That means I have to put on civilized clothes and attempt to be someone I'm not. I have to sit and think of every single article of clothing I own, wave a magic wand over my eyes, and summon my inner diva. Before I can push send, another text arrives. The tavern isn't IDing. Ashley's coming along. Tequila sunrises. She said my safe two words. Tequila sunrise. I can't resist. Damn this woman. I beg my spirit animal, Beyonce, to, <laughs> to guide me through my fat girl wardrobe of Yankees apparel, Adidas sweatshirts, and Kmart clearance items designed for the 40-year-old woman trying to be hip. I settle on a shimmery number peeled from the back layer of my closet and do my overgrown permed hair as best I can. Yes, I am delicious. <laughs> I tell a fluid lie to my parents about an ice cream party at the girl's house. I hear a honk for me to come out to the car. Kaylee and Ashley are wearing simple tank tops and jeans, looking like finalists on America's Next Top Model. And Maggie's in the backseat, the reincarnation of Persephone herself. I'm suddenly aware of how many stomach rolls I have and just want to vomit from all the cute in this damn Dodge Neon. I'm ready to go home and we haven't even left my driveway. But I know that drinks will help relax me. 
At least, that's what I think until the boys conveniently meet us at the bar. One of their jobs is to remind me that I'm the jolly black giant. I use that nickname as the reason why I can't ever be in the spotlight. I'm content with being another person in the crowd, not worrying about the camera panning to me because I do not resemble the face of America that makes everyone swoon. Once, while, driving, while visiting a friend in college, I go to her dress rehearsal with her. I volunteer to help with props. I used to dream in Technicolor and climbing the steps to the stage, I realize I still do. Instead of the spotlight filling me to the brim, it pierces me with the heat of pressure supported with the billion eyes of the audience. As I cross the stage, a heckler screams, you're cute, and silences the house. They wait for me to respond. Two words so strong haven't pierced me before. My response is to turn into a Marx brother and joke around, look over my shoulder and say, who, me? And wait for the laughs. He follows me out, asking me why I didn't take his compliment. I'm thinking this gag is getting old and he's not picking up his cue of, I am my own worst enemy. I can do bad by myself. But he takes my hand and tells me his name. He forces his number onto my phone and says he'll text me. As time goes on, I realize that the reason he followed me out was because I angered him and our relationship was some petty revenge. On a Sunday, he tells me I'm a goddess among mortals, but on Monday, I'm a fucking fat, black, sealy-looking, nappy-headed wannabe slut. Who'd want to fuck a hefty bag full of wiggly fat dumbass? He coos in my ear the whole time we're fooling around in his dorm room. Um, you, I think? <laughs> he is right, though. I am a dumbass. I can't even figure out that I didn't give him consent to touch me. I learned too late. I feel permanently dirty. Nothing sits right anymore. I have scars and burn marks from his drug-induced attacks. But I did get to answer the question, how many licks does a black girl have to take till she figures out she's in an abusive relationship? The answer is three. His apologies are never coupled with flowers. He and my next boyfriend believe that flowers are a useless disposal of money and I'm not worth that. So I head to the dollar store and buy a bouquet of fake daffodils that sit on the emergency brake of my Chevy Cobalt to remind me I'm worth a damn. I give online dating one last try and meet a shy man. He wears Hawaiian shirts and reminds me of Magnum P.I. <laughs> okay, Tom Selleck, I say to myself, let's get this date over with. He drives me around Kingston in his convertible and asks about me, and the horror stories just start flying. I'm trying to laugh them off, but they're whipping out of me with incredible veracity. When I finally gain custody of my mouth, <laughs> Tom Selleck is crying. I grab my purse to make an exit. He pulls me back and says, I'm sorry. He calls me a beautiful woman, shy and sweet. He must feel a joke coming on because he tells me to be serious. He explains that he's falling hard for me and would like to spend as much time with me kissing away all of the pain I've suffered. I have no reason to believe him. Nine years, a house and a marriage later, I still wake up and ask him if he likes me as a friend or not. <laughs> as we cuddle under our daffodil-colored wedding pictures. He tells me just to say my mantra and to go back to bed. My name is Aaron. I am a standard of beauty that isn't accepted by a majority of this world. I am black, tall, and fat. This has been this way for a majority of my life. My end goal is to be loved, and I guess I am. No reason to stop listening now. 
on our next episode, what happens when the worst news collides with enthusiasm incarnate. I have stage four breast cancer. And like the Super Bowl, cancer staging inexplicably uses Roman numerals. <laughs> I'm Micah, and my co-host is Eva Tenuto. Haley Downs is our producer. Our director of external affairs is Sarah DeRose, and our operations manager is Blake Feel. Our theme song is Secrets by Edison Woods. And last but not least, thank you to the very wonderful Aaron Barreto. This episode of TMI Projects Podcast, Tragedy, plus time equals comedy, was produced in partnership with Radio Kingston, with production assistance from Ida Hakala, Nate Brogan, Manuel Blas, and Marlon Barry. Here's the part where we ask for your help. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. TMI Project is a nonprofit organization, and we rely on the generous support of our listeners. Help us continue to create radically true stories that have the power to change the world. Make a donation today. And if you're inspired to tell your own story, join us this summer at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Eva and I will be teaching a TMI Project True Storytelling Workshop, August 23rd to the 28th. You can find details on our website, tmiproject.org.